everybody. Welcome to the Drop the Beat podcast. My name is Charles Larita. And I'm Will Sarver. And we want to thank you guys so, so much as we do every single week that we're doing this damn thing for not only watching and listening to us beat off, but also hopefully beating off along with us at home. Uh, I think that's incredibly important, and I'm loving that each and every one of you guys are doing that. Will, how you been? How's it been hanging? I'm better now that I'm here and everybody's at home, you know, beating off is, is I, really what we we strive for here. I, I love it. I love it so, so much uh, that we're doing it. We got our, our tea with us. I got my Spider-Man, my big-ass Spider-Man mug. Like, it's a soup mug, and it's got a peppermint tea in it with wildflower honey. What do you got? I got Haunted Mansion. Well, you do, and that is my specialty mug. I feel honored. Just for you. No one uses this mug except me, so only my mouth and parts of my ass have been on it. That's the taste I'm getting. <laughs> good. I, I thought it was the tea. No, but anyway, give me a yeah, little. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 give this a little clinky in there. Let's get everybody here. appreciates the obnoxious. I know. Hopefully, you guys get your get yeah. your tea ready. Let's here see what we go. got. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, that definitely tastes like you. Thanks, thanks, bud. Oh wow, we already Ring have a bell. bell this early, this early in the show. That is that's fabulous. Um. But well, we're gonna do a new segment this week. I'm thinking. I think we should. I think new we year, new should. us. New year, new us. This is our first show for 2021. Thank God. Oh my God. That Siri cleared that up for uh, us because I had no idea. Did we? We didn't say when New Year's Eve is. She just. Well, dude, sh- this robot shit is creeping me out. They're it's always, always listening. listening. Oh my god! So thank you. So thanks, Siri, for that. You asked that was yeah. Wow. Oh my Man, god! That, so anyway, so much clearer now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. First show of the new year, swimmingly, swimmingly wonderful start. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say so. Yeah, this is our first show of 2021, which we I think survived is great. 2020. We did. We all did. So if you guys are here listening with us today, that is a very good sign. Um, so we're thankful to have you guys here listening as usual. But let's do a new segment. Let's throw something in there because you and I are into so much different stuff. Um, this is actually William's idea over here, so I can't take any credit for it. But God damn it, I'll announce it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Will, you can take the credit. That's fine. I'm not. I can't. I can't take the credit. I need a pay raise. But so, I can say, uh, Will, what? What time is it right now? What time is it? The time right now is our. Well, it's the <laughs> is our. <laughs> It's time for the big beat of the week. The big beat of the week. <laughs> I'm getting this glare off of the board. Oh, can you not see it? It's the light. I'm getting the glare off the light. Oh, no. So we have a big old whiteboard uh, down here in the rat cave that we have all of our notes written. We're actually prepared when we do these things. And apparently with our new ring light, Will has a nice big glare. That's okay. But we Can't got see. the big beat of the week that we've decided to do. And Will, what is the, what is the big beat of the week? What do we got this week? Well, for, we were talking about it previously, and it, and it, it, you know, I just had to go back to it, and it was the album. I think it was on our album uh, podcast. We we mentioned uh, Daft Punk, and we did yes, Random Access Memories. So mm. that mm-hmm. is the big beat of the week is that album because it's phenomenal. So I was gonna say that's cool because that album came out at a time when it was uh, there were three really big hits on the radio that were kind of funk and they were bringing it back it was get lucky from that album yeah uh, it was blurred lines by robin thick and pharrell was on that track and then it was also uh, uptown funk that was the year that all three of those came out and it was all these dance tracks with horns and That's everything great. dude phenomenal but that album 
is such a big deal because I mean Daft Punk was always very popular but that like really brought them into the forefront with a lot of different listeners and musicians I love Nile Rodgers from Chic he's one of my absolute favorite guitarists he is the man and he on that album is just fantastic um, but so why was why was this your big beat of the week what was well it's like you know it was nice to go back to that because it's been a while I mean I was going to ask when was the last time you listened to it I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I mean, and just us talking about it. I mean, it's like I gotta, I gotta listen to it again because it was so good. And I'm maybe you know, it's nice and refreshing to go back to it. And also, I kind of pick up some new things. Oh, know, definitely. You list. You have a different perspective when you listen. That is that is such a detailed album, in that regard. And it's uh, one of the cleanest productions, uh, and of instrumentation you could get. I would say Daft Punk. Um, just as a whole, those dudes are just, they're geniuses. They're absolutely fantastic. Um, that's a, I was so happy that you picked this for this week for our, our new segment of the new year. Um, that album does mean a whole lot to me. That was on rotation for a very long time. Oh yeah. For me. Um, just, just because it was, you know, now a lot of people are like, I'm just stupid. It's just funk with the robot voices. I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know what it's you such, people are talking about. Yeah, it's about. such a nice combination of having real instrumentation and arranging with, with, all great players on it but oh, yeah. adding that electronic and daft punks element to it is, is it's tastefully done that's that's the that's the phrase right there it's tastefully done because it's it's funk but it's done like them yeah it's it's just it's too damn good favorite track on the album oh boy oh ooh, ooh, ooh. that's a really really tough question you know why it's a tough question? Because this is what we talk about with albums, and it's weird because I never thought about this. <laughs> I never listened to individual tracks from that. When I listened to that album, I listened to it as a whole. Yeah. I literally just put the damn thing on. There's some of the tracks, I don't even know what the titles are because I never see Yeah, there's a lot of them. Because I literally put that on, and I listen to it in its entirety. I never go around and pick tracks. I feel like how everything kind of flows into each other, it's really just, it works so That's well. That's why it one album of the year. It did win album of the year, and it Clean, right, cleaned up rightfully. Goddamn, so yeah. Um, the only reason that one was because Stevie Wonder didn't put out an album that year. That's how the rule. <laughs> yeah. That's how the rule always goes. That's true. That was Paul Simon always would come on stage. He was like, when he won, would win like an album of the year, and be like, I'd like to thank Stevie Wonder for not writing an album this year. And I think that's so funny. <laughs> that's amazing. But that was a very, very good choice for the very first big beat of the week. Yeah, I loved it. Um, that's a great album. So if you guys at home have not listened to Daft Punk's Random Access Memories, I highly, highly recommend it. Put it on, sit down, listen to it in one sitting. It's Do it. fantastic. Will, you know, Will and I can talk about this album for a very, very long time. It's it's just such a throwback, but it's not. It's a very new school kind of take on it. Obviously, we have a very sweet spot in our hearts for funk. We do. Um, I love, I mean, I have, I have a ton of Daft Punk records because they're, they're awesome. I love all their stuff. Oh, I mean, they, it's good, great. Good, good choice. And if you can't listen to the whole album in a whole, I would at least check out Fragments of Time is probably one of my favorites. That's a really heavy track. That's a nice blend of everything in there. Mm -hmm. You have the funk, little bit of electronics that mm -hmm, they add to mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And there's a really, if you listen closely, there's a really, really cool slide guitar part in the background. There is. And the first time I listened to it, I didn't know that's what that was. It's That's what we're tastefully done. Yeah. Like, and that adds so much, but you don't really realize until you, once you hear it, though. Yeah. Check that out. Well, that's how that's, you know it's done tastefully, because one of those things where it's like, 
it's there, but you don't realize it because yeah. it just adds to it so much. And I'm a sucker for a slide, as you I know. I have a slide guitar fetish, as so we all bad. know. So I've, bad. I've been known to slip and slide around the strings myself a couple times. That sounds inappropriate. Yeah. Well, look at me, damn it. <laughs> I am look at inappropriate. your feet. <laughs> no, please. Oh, my big giant wolf slippers that I have today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, we're doing it big, baby. And those that says extra large on the bottom. They're so, meant for big people. So you have big feet? I do have big feet. What it, doesn't that mean something? Bigger socks. Big, so yeah, they are That's very what big. Well, to get over my wolf feet, right? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, I don't know if you knew this, Will, but the whole reason I brought you here for this podcast today is because someone wrote in, and we have a question for this week. All right, so our question for this week actually comes to us from Baltimore, Maryland. I've heard of the place. Have you? I have. I've been to the place. You have? That was, yeah. So I am, as we all know, I am a mac and cheese connoisseur. That's a fact. Or dinosaur. I don't know, a little both. <laughs> both. Um, and obviously me being tourist goes to the uh, the Baltimore Aquarium. And it's there a was great a aquarium. really cool, it's, oh, it's got so good, so many turtles. Um, there's a really cool, I don't even remember the place, but I got a lobster mac and cheese Near, Are you fancy? Not in the aquarium, because that would be stealing and tampering, but it was around the aquarium. Poor lobster. <laughs> it was very, <laughs> very Watching good. you eat that. I love Baltimore. It's a really cool place. Really awesome music scene. Um, and our question comes in from Buster Bolton writing in to, uh, from Baltimore, Maryland, who listens to the podcast. So thank you, Buster, so thank much. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, it. For listening and writing in. So we are going to be in contact with you, and we will be sending you a shirt. Whoop, whoop. Because we're just thankful that, that you wrote in. Yes. You know, and... Uh, Hopefully you'll wear it um, proudly. Yeah, because if you're naked, now you're not. Unless you want to be naked, it's then important. You, yeah, I don't like yeah. you to have it. It'll be fun. It'll be cool to wear. It's a nice. It'll be. It'll be great. Um, but he had a very good question. Obviously, I'm thinking that Buster is in fact a musician, um, and in these crazy quarantining times, it's a very relevant question, and I like this. So the main gist of what he said was: Can you make a real record at home without? A full studio hoo, hoo, hoo. and I like that that is very very awesome so in his question he was kind of saying you know if you have limited capabilities of just like maybe one microphone yeah or if you had to do part at home and part in a professional studio um, and I thought this would be great because we can really dive into well what are the big differences between a pro studio versus a home studio and you know uh, a lot of things like limited gear and limited space not everyone has a great space or a, a kind of great setup. So let's dive right into this, Let's guy. do this. Knuckle this, deep, we're going. It's a great Kids. question. I love this. I think this is very, very good. We live good. for this. We really <laughs> this do. Topic. Not only do we live for this topic, we live this topic. That's, yeah, very important. Um, So we're going to definitely give you guys a listening some examples that we've actually done. Because Right here a, in this room. Right here in this room. This is literally what we, what we do. Um, so... I think the first thing to talk about before we get into any kind of gear or more so not just the gear because as we, we've said before, the gear itself is not the important part. It's the person doing it. Yeah. Um, is the actual, the space. And you and I got into home recording for a very yeah. interesting reason out of necessity. Without going into detail <laughs> that's going to get people mad at us like last time right. when we discussed this on it's a, a podcast. legal matter now it possibly could be <laughs> um 
William and I were recording, um, or we had recorded at another studio. Um, I guess you would call it, it would be considered a professional studio. Yes. In a matter of words, <laughs> we're really watching ourselves. I need sunglasses. Um, <laughs> we spent a lot of time and money. It didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Yada, 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 yada. We had to finish the record ourselves. Um, at our own discretion. It was yeah. our choice to to pull out. <laughs> um, it was our own choice to thank you. We that deserved that. That was good. Proud um, of you. <laughs> but it was our choice to kind of leave that studio setting and do it ourselves. And we started from scratch with literally nothing. Nada. Zip. Blank walls. Zilch. I thought you say shooting blanks, but because that kind of goes with that. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about when we originally started this. From us literally knowing not very much. Like I went to school for a lot of studio stuff, but it's different from when you're in a classroom working with things versus when now you have to do it because you're crowdfunding an album out of necessity because we had no money left. Right. Um, right. And we have a product to get out at a date. Yeah. Um, no, that's important to mention. Balls in your court there, William. Yeah, because we both had experience and education in the in we the did. topic but i those were probably those that's more a professional setting with and yeah education side of it your hand is being held right where when you're on your own sink or swim yeah type of deal yeah. so yeah i mean we came in with some experience but i don't know how much of that was relevant to be honest so we're kind of starting from you know the ground up of course and i mean i think the big thing too not a lot of people realize is you can read every book you want about it. You can read every manual, every watch every video. You learn the most by actually doing it. That is how you get your hands always dirty. learn. Yeah. So, I mean, our process was really, you know, I guess what did we need to be able to pull off finishing an entire album at home? Yeah, because we had all of these tracks recorded um, with whatever EQ reverb effects on them and we stripped everything and started from scratch some stuff we had to re-record um we had Delete to meet that yeah we had <laughs> we had to, we had to father ulrich a lot of stuff um we had to just do eqs to uh, to clean up bad recordings um but what did we let's talk about the room that we were in first off because a lot of people think you have to have a very nice room and just to clarify the rat cave that we're in here it's a cave it literally is <laughs> it's it's a renovated part of a basement that looks pretty on camera um we have here i mean this is fake wood paneling it's brand new paneling to make it look like old wood the ceiling is completely open because we have lights and storage we have carpet down on the floor which is nice but that's really our only sound buffer everything else is a reflective surface we have glass right. we have hard materials the sound could be bouncing but we still get good sound and that was kind of what we had at your place when we were recording it was yes yeah, it was just it was a smaller room that had carpet just like this, drywall, low ceiling, and a window. The and most a ginormous doors. refrigerator that made lots of noise. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we had a ceiling fan mm -hmm. that ran because, you know, the house didn't have air conditioning. It was warm in there. Yeah. So we had that running. The air conditioner was running. Uh, neighbors are in really close proximity. They always had music blasting. So. The odds are against you if you were to read a book 
and, a thousand percent and what they against what they would tell you um but we were able to manage with all of that you know because you get you get creative right we got very we had to we had to we had to get creative and crafty mm-hmm. um but you know we since we were it was new to us we you know we we bought cheap i mean we bought 10 dollar microphones oh boy did we okay we used that for the drums it was a i got a buy one get one you remember the overheads the cads yeah the little yeah and uh, i somebody gave me a bass drum uh kick drum mic and and then you had the pepsi we called the pepsi can we bought that on ebay i remember being there when we were having one of our famous problems we had a mic we called the the pepsi can mic and it's just a little studio mic and we used it for everything right it was literally we used it for horns we used it for vocals we used it for some drum stuff we it was everything Everything. we we used it for and that was a dirt cheap mic didn't even have a brand name yeah it was a knockoff of something but it was the workhorse you know it and i still use it to this day right a lot of recordings we do down here yeah um we even at one point my girlfriend works for apple she was getting his egg crate foam that they were just throwing out that she could claim we were making uh we went to the like the dollar store and we were buying the the foam yeah uh, like science boards the two by two and um like two foot square ones and we were putting gluing it down with like the glue and foam tack right we were making soundproofing panels for ourselves, and uh we were getting the four dollar moving quilts yeah the black moving and that we would hang those on um mic stands and that would to, to soundproof things and it was just we we had to be crafty um because i think the big thing is the number one thing versus the pro studio and the home studio i think a lot of it is just aesthetics i've really come to learn that yeah i'd agree i think if somebody you know if if you're really asking what the big difference between pro and home studio the big one's at least for me in my opinion is the room Mm -hmm. these pro studios have unbelievable rooms in there i mean million dollar rooms that were designed by people 10 times smarter than me and it's all science-based architectural it's a huge acoustical engineers everything's involved but is it necessary technology's (laughs) come a long way yeah and then the other big difference is is they have the best best gear I mean, that you, you, you got microphones in there that are ten grand plus a piece. Yeah. Okay. We, you know, between the drums, I don't even think we have that for everything. Down we probably here. don't even have a hundred bucks no, in no, no in way. microphones. So those are the big two differences. But I'll I'll give it to you. Is that necessary? And you mentioned that I would one thousand percent say no. You can do everything in a program nowadays. The program that we started recording on because the studio we were at used the full version, we used the free version of Studio One. It was called Studio One Prime. Love Studio One. That's what we use now to this day. We've upgraded to the better version because they do multi-track recording, but when, like, you can arm multiple tracks for recording, so for a drum kit, you have to do that. Um, But I had ways around that, um, which is I'm going to talk about. But this free version has all sorts of plugins. It has reverb. It has room size. It has EQing. It has everything. It has MIDI instruments. Yeah. And it's completely free. Um, we use that for years, the free one, for cleaning up stuff, recording stuff. You can really do a, everything with that 
free version. To you be can make it sound like whatever size room you want. You can make it have any kind of space you want, any type of microphone you want to record yeah. from. The big thing I always was saying too, when you have those ten thousand dollar microphones, it's a clean signal. That's all you're getting. That's it. Maybe they're made to last longer. Maybe they're made because they have better warmth to them. Man, that Pepsi can mic, I would still put that up against a multi-thousand dollar mic because yeah. if you have a clean signal in post, you're putting reverb on it, you're EQing it. You're changing You're it changing already. it. You just need a clean signal. And if you can get that, it's really what's what's up what, uh, upstairs in your brain to help you get that sound you're looking for. I mean, think how much we get the nicest, cleanest sounding microphone and we make it sound like an old slapback microphone. How many recordings have we done that on? A lot. Yeah. Most we add a little, <laughs> a little dirt to it to make it. Yeah. Or, or I think of like the black keys where it's like, well, they have really expensive equipment. They're making it sound like old crappy equipment. Like Exactly. Purposely. That's a good point. Stuff yeah. like that. It can always be done. Um, so I would say by whichever powers we believe we were blessed on this journey with know-how as opposed to gear. And I always yeah. think that's more important. I, I think mean, that's everything. Yeah, like I can count on one hand how many times we've actually mic'd an amp as opposed to just going directly into the interface. I think we did one time. We yeah, I think it, it was just one. We brought my little, the little guy sitting yeah. up back there, little that yeah. little Ibanez amp, um, whatever that is. And I, I, I think if you know, a lot of people are so afraid to that their recordings won't be good or they can't make a good product with just one microphone. Um, now, Buster had written in and he said about what about if you just have a USB microphone? What can you do with that? Everything. Literally everything. <laughs> and I'm so happy we got this question and Buster, you yeah. had written in um, because we're going to let you in on a little uh, journey here, if you will, about how we do our studio series videos. Right. Um, we call it the Mischief Studio Series because everything you're hearing is done in this studio, but we're not all together when we do it. It's either because of um, scheduling and things like that because we have six, seven people, sometimes eight. It's playing. hard to coordinate. It's, it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. And we want to do, you know, fun studio recording as opposed to a live setting recording thing. So, you know, we're adding in rhythm tracks here, rhythm tracks, obviously all things I couldn't play at the same time, like a ukulele track, a shaker track, a slide guitar track, whatever. We don't have that many people. I'm doing a lot of it. Will's doing a ton of the percussion drum stuff you hear and the engineering. That's the big part of it. Um, so literally to kind of get a sense, obviously the drums are more microphones than that, but with the idea of just one microphone, whether it's a USB or not, um, usually when we're coming up with these with these songs i'll be working on a horn arrangement or whatever or the outline of it will will come in um i'll pitch in the song he'll come up with a cool drum part which he usually does in one or two takes and i hate him for that because he just doesn't like spending time with me no i don't listen to him he's lying <laughs> i'm not i'm not lying sometimes at all. it's the old blind squirrel theory <laughs> wait what's the blind squirrel theory oh, blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while that's true that's me <laughs> It's my entire life. <laughs> Jesus, God. Um, so they all can't be one take. <laughs> that's true. But he does do very minimal, minimal takes. Um, it's cool because we've been working so long together where we just kind of get our style and what we're trying to do. That helps a lot. It, <laughs> it really does. We uh, spend too much we time We anticipate together. our playing. Um, so normally what happens is he'll come down and I'll play bass with him to a drum track. He'll get a good drum track, whatever. We never use a metronome because you are the metronome. Which I'm yeah. very, very thankful for we, that. He we has, could talk. We could have a topic on on oh metro. Boy, can we? Um, but then after that point, 
of getting that drum track down, everything is done individually. No one is playing together for this recording. And there's a lot of studio settings where that does happen. We've done yeah. records like that where seldom the horns are all in the same room at the same time. Sometimes yeah, doesn't happen. We'll have someone lay down the main run and then everyone plays to him to get all the hits and articulation. So it's literally, um, I'll do the bass track, to you playing drums. I'll then delete that bass track. I'll do a better one. I'll clean it up. Then I'll do a guitar track. Or if we have a bassist, he'll come do a bass track to whatever. Right. Um, I'll do a rhythm track. I'll probably do another rhythm track because I like to double it. Then with that one single microphone that we'll use, we'll have a Barry Sax track. We'll have a clarinet track. We'll have a trumpet track. We'll have a tenor track. We'll have an alto track or however many horns. And then with that same mic doing each of those horn recordings individually, we'll do a percussion track. We'll do another percussion track. We'll do a tambourine. We'll do – and now it builds and builds and builds because you're layering. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. So I never look at – um, a mic, whether it's a good mic or a USB mic, as a hindrance, that's a that's a doorway, that's a gateway, that is awesome. You can that's all you do need. a ton. So I never even told you how I used to record drums back in the day. I'm uh, guessing it's probably with one microphone. It was with one yeah. microphone. So what I used to do, there was a couple ways I would do. I would either have um one mic and I would put it in the room somewhere and try to get everything together as the kit in its whole but yeah. you couldn't pan anything um with that so it was all just a mono track of, of whatever what i used to do is i would put a metronome on with my headphones i put my click track and i would put the mic just in front of the kick drum and that's all i would record right and i would be like i'm gonna do my kick drum take and i would just be my foot hitting you know i'd have my song charted out and i'd have it going like poof, And I would do it for the whole song that I needed. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And then I'd be like, we're doing the snare now. And I'd put this, I'd mic the snare up. And so I'd have the kick drum. Now I'm playing to the kick drum mic or the kick drum track on this metrum. So yeah. And I had that. And then I would do it for the hi-hat. I would do it for my fills. I'd do it for the cymbals. It was a Frankenstein but it worked. equation, but it worked. That's the key. And that's why, you know, a lot of early things I would do for YouTube or for whichever I didn't necessarily have a drum kit in because I had one microphone. That's all I had. So I would be doing just a lot of here odds and ends percussion. Obviously you can do drum loops have come a very long way. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of drum stuff in the early things I did were MIDI and I would play MIDI uh, tracks to a metronome. And I could quantize it if possible and then set it back just a little. So it was behind the beat. So it sounded more human. Um, and then you EQ those and, and, and Make reverb those. Yeah. You and I have done some MIDI stuff here and there. With, with instruments whether yeah. it's been like oh, a yeah. congas or a bongo or something like that um we've done that before quite a few times but um another kind of aspect of the compiling recording thing is what you and i have been we're doing for a lot of the quarantine we weren't in the same place no we were not so that kind of goes with the idea of well what if you're doing like a file sharing type situation where it's you're playing at home, someone else is playing at home, or someone's recording in a studio, right. and you now need to add to that, or someone needs to add to you, and how do you do that? We did it from home. We were doing we, it through yeah. quarantine, and it's actually probably more common now than than it used to be, and I, I think going forward, it's probably going to be really the, the main the main way people are going to be doing recordings now and making albums because 
just like people now are realizing you can work from home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can record from home. And, you know, artists are now collaborating with other people across the globe making albums because you can, if you can get a solid track that sounds good, raw, yeah. send it over, and then you can take that track, upload it, and then you can do whatever you want with it. You can EQ it, reverb, whatever. Yeah. Compression, make it sound good. Make it sound like you're in the same place. Exactly. It won't, you know, if you, like you said, if it's a clean signal, and, you know, if the room's pretty dead, you know, to a certain extent, I mean, it's, that's, that's all we do now. I mean, yeah. and it's so, it's so easy to do now. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, like I said, I, I think going forward, it's, you're going to see a lot of it because, you know, nobody wants to pay for the big studios now. No, I mean, because technology came so far, you can you can do it all yourself at home. Um, and I was gonna ask, you know, you with that, what what is your your kind of at home like uh, prep that you do to get ready to record for if I'm sending you a track and you have to do percussion on top of this or whatever? Because when you were doing percussion, I mean, you were sending me a lot of tracks. Yeah, like 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 eight or nine like it was you a said little... a lot you wanted a lot of percussion i did so want you... a lot of percussion <laughs> um the two i can think of off the top of our head that we did not too long ago we did uh the smashing pumpkins 1979 that was literally you and i doing it one microphone and that's what i that's why i wanted <laughs> to pick that one you did one microphone yeah. and you stitched everything together and that was the best because that's i think people are so afraid to not have a lot of gear when they're working at home recording, but then you kind of have to realize, well, if it's just you playing everything, you're not playing everything at the same time. No. All layered. It's, it's always going to be layered, and that's where the studio magic comes from. So I'm trying to think, what did you play in that? Because you did, you had the cajon. Yeah. You, um, you did, um, you had a tambourine. Uh, you had the, uh, a jam block. You had a I jam think. block. You had a cowbell, maybe? Yeah. I Sh think shaker. shaker. Uh, um, you did kibasa. a you, yeah, yeah, the kibasa. You had a couple different tracks of the cajon. Cause you did the one with the sticks. You did, and then you did the regular yeah. one of you playing. Um, yeah, you were doing the big blue Twizzler sticks. Right, I that's love what I was those. thinking of. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's all done. It, everything was done on one one microphone in the same. But microphone. let it be known on the record, Mister Wilsarver is a crafty sum of bitch over here because he <laughs> for to give me the amount of quality stuff that he did to send me these tracks. Um, it was great, and it's all one person. You did it all separate. It was just kind of going back and layering it and layering it and layering it. Right, and I mean, I guess that's a really, it's a good example because, you know, I, you know, I don't my full studio is not built yet that that I want to do. So that's a good point because you just moved into a new place, right? So it's like bare bones now. So. Yeah. So like a lot of my stuff is still in cases or whatever. So I found a space in my house uh, in one of the rooms and um i you know took a music stand and you know raised it all the way up made it look like a t draped moving blankets over it mm -hmm. to kind of like box me in a little bit and i had an led workshop light uh you, you know that you can get at home depot as my lighting source that's right you did have the workshop light yeah, yeah, yeah you I told forgot. me slap a t-shirt over it i did that kind of soften it up good diffuser yeah and I had a mixer, a Mackie mixer that I've probably 
My brother got it for me years ago. <laughs> I mean, it. I was probably high school, maybe. So 10 plus years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's got four channels. It's old school. But it had enough for, for what I needed to do. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was just a USB to the computer, one microphone, one cable. And I had to mix everything on that little mixer first because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's so old that you can't do it through software anymore. Yeah, you have to do it right. analog and then pop yeah. it on. And that's exactly how I did it. And What mic did you use for, for those recordings? Was it an MXL guy? No, it was actually uh, the Sennheiser 421s, oh, nice. which are great. Uh, that mic is very known to do everything really well. Because I was going to say the... Um, for here, when I'm doing horns or vocals, I'm either using the Pepsi can mic or I'm using uh, MXL. Is it the 990? Yeah. The, yeah, the 990 because I have three of those now, and that's like a $50, $60 mic. Yeah. Not expensive at all. Right. Which is great. Um, Yo, you know, I think, yeah, I think some of it was, well, the one the one track was the the Zenheiser, but I think the other track I used the MXL the ribbon mic that you got me. That was from Santa, right? <laughs> Which is cool. So, I mean, MXL for anybody listening makes great great stuff, and it's the price point is amazing. I mean, yeah. ribbon mics are really expensive. This one's less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, and it it sounds amazing. And I was gonna say if if anyone's looking for what good cheap mic sound like those those are fabulous also in the studio series recordings that we do on on youtube we're using those ten dollar microphones on my kit yeah that's what we're using those are ten dollar mics it's a clean signal we eq it we it sounds good that's yeah. um yeah the brand's pile p-y-l-e we found them because they made a knockoff of an sm57 which is a 90 90 to 100 bucks yeah um but again it's Microphone technology has been around for 70 plus years at this point in the current state it is. Yeah. People can make it for cheap now. Right. You know, which is great. Um, even my first mic I used, I did a lot of drummer stuff. Was, it was a USB mic. It was a Tascam. Yeah, we used this, the Tascam. We yeah. had used that guy. And it was a um, just a XLR to USB end that I had. Right. Right into the laptop. It did Audacity was my program. Yeah. Which also has really cool effects and i used audacity for years oh my god i still sometimes use it for if i'm editing like mp3s or things like that for this very podcast sometimes i need to yeah um it's just it's insane the amount that you can do with so little that's why people are producing records in their bedroom nowadays yeah it's because it's very very possible yeah and i mean you asked me about it and and the the prep work that's what i want to know yeah yeah i think that's probably the most important mm-hmm. thing out of this entire topic is is the prep work because if it doesn't sound good before you hit record, no matter what you do with the software, yeah. you're not going to make it sound any better. Yeah. I mean, that's why we talk about having a clean signal and tuning your instrument properly, whatever instrument it is and you know test it out you know do a couple takes and then listen back to it and you know take the microphone closer farther away you know really understand the instrument you're playing and try and get the best sound out of it and then you can hit record um and that's what i do when you send me stuff you know yeah if buster's really looking for you know the process uh, i mean you send me a rough track yep um 
you're meticulous. I love that though. It's, yeah, it's, it's detailed. So those little you gotta details. have yeah. you know uh, some sort of protocol in place. And I listened to that track way too many times by some people's <laughs> standards, but and you know, and I'll I'll dissect it and I'll take it one track at a time. So. Charles sends me the track. So that's basically my metronome. That's what I'm playing to. Mm -hmm. So that's why we can keep layering each take and it lines up. So I listen, I put the track in my software, which is Studio One, which we share the same software. Yep. Yep. And then I and I record each track. Then I get rid of his track that he sent me. And then I'll export all those files and I'll send them right back to Charles. Yep. And that way he can just go in Studio One or whatever software and it'll all line up because I played to that track that he gave me, which is like the metronome, the click track. And it's it's a simple pro it's, I could add a million layers. That's the I best mean, part is that you're recording. You start right from the beginning of the track, whatever it is. So I drop it and it lines right up. I don't have to do anything to it. And then he can wow. he can do whatever. I give it to him dry, which means no <laughs> nothing. <laughs> give it to me raw. Damn. It's bells three times. That three is, bells already? Yeah, oh, my God. Buster, what are going to shut us do down? with this question? We're going to be screwed um but yeah and then you can do whatever you want with mm -hmm. it and that's a lot of with if you're doing you know st professional work or at home studio sending files back and forth i mean you can the sky's the limit i mean yeah. a lot of them are just you know i just need a drum track i'll you send it to them and you know they add whatever they want to to fit into their album or whatever so it's it's so doable right yeah. now and and like i like we were saying it's you know the the before recording part is just as important as you actually playing it. Oh yeah. Um, so like a great example when we were doing, um, <laughs> waiting for it. that that album that we did, which you guys can should check out. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Um, Interstellar Fortune Teller was our first full length album. So we had our EP, and then this was our our big album after that. Um, I I'm so happy with how that album turned out and how we were able to finish it can't believe lots it. of horrible words were said as it was going on but a great example of, of of prep beforehand um was the kit that was in that studio was set up and we had i think three professional studio professional studio yep and we had three three tracks left to record and we came in one day and the kit had been swapped out with this neil pert looking rest in peace yeah <laughs> <laughs> crazy it's huge there were like rototoms. There were like, there was a lot of four drums. mount toms. There were like two floor toms. Like just this monstrosity. And I'm not a big setup type of guy. No, you're not. You're the less is more, and I like that. Yeah. Um, nothing was really tuned, and we didn't know this until after the fact. So we had to go in an EQ and basically tune these drums and post. Um. Two out of ten, probably one of the worst experiences of my life, <laughs> having to tune drums like that in post because we have to just tune it and render it and tune it and render because we had to keep layering it and layering it and layering it. Went away in on that, Will? <laughs> <laughs> it's it was. I mean, so what prep was not taken? That the the drums didn't sound good from the start. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's. That is the. Thing. I don't know if that was the example you were thinking of, but that that's, is exactly that's the one that I what I was, was thinking that. about. And you know, we, I didn't notice it at the time, you know, because through the headphones, yeah, it sounded fine. Uh, and well, we heard them dry, and they were somewhat okay. 
I think it was any time we wanted to affect them, then it just brought it out more. Right. It that's, had a yeah. weird overtone or something Which something we about had, it. We had to get out, and that was not fun. And that's the thing with, especially with drums are very, let's be honest, they're one of the most difficult things to record because there's, well, there's a lot of them, and there's yeah. a lot of microphones. thousand pieces, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's similar to like, you know, would you re- record a guitar part and not tune? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> no, I mean that's always tune beforehand. You tune in between takes just to make sure you're good. Yeah. Um yeah, it's like it would it would be the equivalent of, you know, putting on a really fresh set of strings and they're still stretching going out of tune. Yeah. That's not good. Um because then we had to do so much more work in the long run. Yeah. It's- like like months. And sometimes it's not even fixable a lot of the times. And yeah. It's, there were some parts we had to cover up right. or we had to re-record yep. or and whichever. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier to fix it beforehand than trying to do it post. So if, if you're playing whatever it is and something doesn't sound right to mm-hmm. you with your ears, try and address it and fix it now. Yes. Before you hit record, because you're gonna have a heck of a time, or it's just not gonna work. Yeah, and it's just a wasted track. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that that's a great example of it because that's that the number was, one I think of. That was a nightmare, and to say the least, yeah, we weren't there anymore, and those drums weren't there. We couldn't read, you know, redo it in that setting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, kudos to you working your magic on on the oh, do you did just as much as I did, but. Yeah, you we know? would take turns. Yeah, person at the computer. Yeah, I remember like it would be one of us would be like, oh, "I got to take a bathroom break. You take over. All right, and we'll go." And you just we're in the bathroom, and you hear someone in the in your studio time. Ah, oh, fucking damn it! Because we're just so angry, losing it. Yeah. Um, but if we looked at a good side of prep, I would look at and the one that was seriously done with one microphone. Because that's the one thing. It's how can you do this with one microphone? Um, using a pro studio and a home studio or sending files back and forth between whoever. The the studio series when we did of the Smashing Pumpkins 1979, that was all done with essentially one microphone. Yep. So if we broke this guy down, I had, I started with a click track, which I, I actually render to a track. So then when I send it to Will, he can play along to it and then eventually remove it and we can take it out so you can have more human time in there. Right. I started where I played um, guitar to the click track then I put a bass track on top of it um, I do my vocals last so guitar was a line in um, actually did I do two guitar tracks on that? I might have done two guitar tracks Probably. I panned them and I, yeah. and I always play both never just copy and paste it and then pan because um, the differences in between the strumming and tracks that's what gives you your stereo feel if you're just duplicating a track and panning it's just going to sound like it's centered and just yeah. louder um so I would do two guitar tracks. I did a bass part. Um, I sent it to over to Will. He did the cajon. It's a couple tracks at the cabasa. He did the shaker. Did you have the rain stick in that too? I feel like the rain stick might have been in that. Or was that might have been for fantasy? That might have been fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was percussion. That's true. Galore. True. Yes. Um, so yeah, when I wrote drum break, and you were like, "What do you want for the drum break?" I was like, "I ah, just whatever you want." And oh boy, did I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so Will records all that. Essentially, each one of those tracks done individually. The yep. one microphone sends it back to me. Now I have you know ten tracks plus of strings and percussion, and now I do my vocal part, which is one microphone. So I'm doing my lead vocal. I do one mic. I do the harmony vocal, which is one mic. Um, 
So you essentially could do a recording of that size with all one microphone. Um, yes, you, you definitely can. And then once you put the EQ on it, you can make things sound a little more ballsy, a little softer. You put reverb on to make it sound like you're in a nice space or a nice size room or a smaller size room. Um, you can really, really make some. I mean, honestly, it's it's movie magic at that point. Sky's the limit. I mean, with, with I mean, the plugins that they have now, like, you can get, like, you know, the, the sound at and the dimensions for, you know, recording, you know, the, you know, Abbey Road Studios or whatever, or, yeah. you know, all these famous studios. All that room size all the kind room, of stuff. Yeah, they yeah. have their exact same room dimensions. Ceiling heights, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can get all that mm-hmm. i mean we don't because those plugins are expensive yeah I, was say, well, I know studio one has a room size thing i don't mess yeah. with it too too much because it's to me it's it's crazy what they it's have very over the top at that point but um but some people love that um another example of a one microphone recording that i'd piecemealed together like you would not believe um i did that cover of uh donny hathaway's this christmas for yeah this christmas that just happened um I want past Christmas. Past now. Christmas. Yeah. I wanted to do I wanted to do all of the percussion on baking supplies. Some of it worked, some of it did not. Like I wanted to do a kick drum on a very big deep mixing bowl. It sounded like poop. So I did a little studio magic where the kick drum that you hear in that is just a MIDI kick drum. And I literally played it. I quantized it to line it up. I backed uh, backed it up a little bit so now it's behind the beat just a smidge so it's not pushing it and it sounds like a real drum. That's it's amazing (laughs) um the bongos i did in fact play on mixing bowls that was real um the snare one was the cookie tin the the lid of a cookie tin with wax paper behind it that was my snare sound again all of it was one microphone all of it was layered um none of it was played with anyone else it was just me doing every track and layering so that's the the number one thing is i think experimentation experimenting is a huge part because there's always a way to get around what you don't have but that idea of just layering it and doing all your parts individually that's that's huge um you don't need a thousand microphones to do something you don't have to have a whole kit mic there's always yeah a way around it so um i was gonna say if we were to sum this guy up like william you're all of your big pieces that that you presented and, and and put down on the table you pulled it out and slapped it on the table real good like usual yeah like usual yeah what what's your little recap of this guy because you always have a wonderful way of ruining this podcast i mean it's a, a great great question and you I, know i think a big part of us doing this is to show that it can be done because we had to do it we're we living still, proof we still do still it, do it. Mm-hmm. uh you know there's nothing in in what we do is top of the line equipment no. wise i no. mean what we don't have the money for that i mean oh god look let's at be me. honest christ but <laughs> it's it comes down to our preparation mm-hmm. trust your ears just trust your ears i mean i get caught up in it i mm-hmm. mean i'm oh i'm on youtube whatever i'm thinking that oh i found this new thing or you know let's redesign the room that was you and i every week when we we were trying to do it like when we started doing a lot of recordings and we were just this technique that technique this technique and that's all we did and we got so far away from just like the recording yeah we we were so in our head we weren't living in the moment yeah and we've been doing this long enough you'd think we'd trust ourselves but we also are perfectionists let's we're hard yeah we're hard on ourselves it is such a curse but 
trust your ears. I mean, if it sounds good, it sounds good. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And then fix the problem before you carry on. And experimentation is a lot of it, like we said. Huge part, yeah. I mean, try something out. Listen back to it, you know. I mean, you're playing on cookware. (laughs) It was cookware. You know, I mean, like, and it sounded fantastic. So, like, it worked. And with one microphone, you can do anything. And I don't know what instrument Buster plays, but... Mm -hmm. Maybe multi-instrumentalist? Yeah, I mean, and for drums, I mean, think about it. Back in the day, drums were really recorded with one or two microphones for years because that's all they had available. So They didn't have the most you could record was eight tracks. Exactly. For a long time. So, you know, there's plenty uh, of stuff on YouTube about how to record drums with with one microphone. It's something to really check out because placement's everything, and it's also experimentation. Yeah, you, everybody's room's different. Move it around, see what sounds better. I mean, and we got really crafty with with the studio stuff, and we had to. You know, we don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, the acoustic paneling and everything is really really expensive, and but there's a lot of with basic materials from Home Depot. Shout out to Home Depot. Love it. Yeah. Oh, um, God, we live You there can now. make professional studio panels with some cheap pieces of pine, insulation, and strap some fabric around it. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's the other thing is I think a lot of people get confused with soundproofing and isolation. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's isolation is like you're you're trying to not hear, you know, the drums outside or upstairs. Like that's expensive, extremely hard to do. Mm-hmm. But soundproofing with the acoustic panels, not going to really do much with the sound per se going out, but it'll help kind of tune the room. Yeah. Just throw some blankets, you know, moving blankets up or, you know, make those panels and just move them around. And, you know, there's so much content online. Yeah. I was going to say, mean, now that everyone's home, there was a, a gentleman I follow. He does uh, guitar playing, bass playing, and he does voice acting and voice work. And he has a larger closet at home. He turned it into a, a vocal booth it's and smart. a recording booth where he's got, he lined it with egg crate foam. That I don't know where he got it from because you can get that decently cheap. If you get like yeah. real recording brand kind, you're going to spend an arm and a leg. Yeah, a fortune. Um, and he, he made a cool little booth and it's like, that's so crafty. And he, I think he spent like 50 bucks on the whole thing. Try it out. And it's little things like that, you know. It, And I think that's why people are so worried about failing at home with home recordings because it doesn't look aesthetically as pretty as the big studios you see in the movies or that you see the big studios online um you also a great a big budget yeah <laughs> look at wolfpack for god's Dude, sake where did they best record example in they, somebody's basement it was a basement Mom's or a basement. living room <laughs> yeah you know and it's like you can talk about the the lowest budget like setup but those guys made some incredible, incredible recordings. That's a lot of their albums are are uh, are all that. Yeah. But they're great players. Mm-hmm. They the preparation was always, on, and they might act like goofballs, but they a thousand percent know what they're doing. And, and they know, all and the they time. they know what they want to hear and what and what sounds good to them, and mm-hmm. that works for them. And look at them now, yeah. huge. I and I think what you said is the perfect wrapping up point. To, to keep in mind for anyone doing at home recording, whether you have a thousand microphones, one microphone, Audacity, or a really good recording program. Pro Tools, yeah. Yeah, Pro Tools. If it sounds good, it sounds good. That's the number That's one rule. That's it. 
that's what it is. Even if it works against, well, you don't have this EQ like that. You don't have this reverb on this. If it sounds good, it sounds good. You got to trust your ears. That's if the it ain't number broke, one thing. Don't fix it. That that's truly, truly what it is. We you know? lived by that motto. That will be on my tombstone. Yeah. Even though at that point I will essentially be broken <laughs> and unfixed. But that's fine. But I uh, I think that was an awesome question, and it that was kind of nice question. for us to revisit because this was a little different than the podcast we did about how to record at home. This was more so a very comprehensive breakdown of what if you don't have a lot of options and you have it's less is more. What, how do you make it work? Um, yeah, this was a good one, man. It's I just, exciting. I, I hope, yeah. I hope. I hope Buster. You know, he can. I hope this is helpful for you and exciting. I hope you're excited as we are about it because yeah. you can you can do it. I mean, it, it's so easy to do. Dude, I was going to say, send us some recordings if once you get going. If you are or already are recording yeah, a home, feel free to reach out. We'll to hear we'll help stuff, out man. whatever you need. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's it's that's the beauty of technology now is you can you can make so a easy. great sounding album in your living room with no pants on. Yeah. Like you normally do. Yeah. Oh, all the time. Well, yeah. I feel I feel um, the pants. It's too much, uh, just deadening. You lose a lot of resonance. Yeah, you have big pants. Yeah, big. It's a lot of pants. Yeah. It's like the yeah, the big like MC Hammer, and the big feets. The big feets. The big wolf feets get yeah. in the way too. Um, but I uh, I would just like to say as we do every week, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please write in some questions to us at charlesrita.com slash contact. If we had pick your question for the week, if it's something that's really cool that we could really discuss in a long format like this, we will send yo ass a shirt. Yes, we will. Uh, I guess more so your torso. We'll send your torso a shirt. Yeah, not, it, not your ass. No, that would be pants. That would be pants. That is. I'm right. really having a lot of problems I'm today. waiting for Siri to correct us. Probably. That yeah, she's listening. Bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, this this is this has been really really cool. I'm happy we got to get back and do Me another too. one of these for the new year, and we're going to be doing a lot more soon. So thank you guys so much again for watching. If you would like to check out all the other content we have, please listen to us and watch us on YouTube as well as CharlesRita.com. We have a link on there to our Patreon if you would like to be a patron, support us, and get your name in the credits of anything that we do um, that we use your contributions for. Um, and I think just to wrap this guy up, like we always do. My name is Charles Larita, and I'm Will Sarver, and we will catch you guys next time. Later. See ya.